So, you know, lately there's been a lot of stuff going on in the news. Uh, we've seen a lot of murders going on. Yeah, murder, tragic murders and shootings, shootings going across America. We all know how New York has become the wild, wild west. And um, and a lot of stuff about gun reform and pro-gun stuff like that. So tonight we decided to have on one of my dear friends. I grew up with a uh, uh, gun advocate. He, he is, His name is Max. And Max, can you please come on tonight and... Max, he's part of it. Max is an NRA instructor. <laughs> don't kill this me. Nah, this thing is a black one. I ain't never seen a black <laughs> NRA instructor. How many of y'all out there? And please oh. let people know what the NRA instructor is. So the NRA is the National Rifle Association. Rifle Association. What the thing with the NRA is like this: like it or love it, they're the gold standard when it comes to training. So most people get their training either through USCCA or the NRA to certify that we have a certain level of proficiency. So <clears throat> started our, uh, my company based off of the fact that it was a need in our community where a lot of people wanted to get into it, didn't know how to get into it. And like I said, in New York City, the laws are crazy. And even the paperwork is a little bit intensive. So we just created something where we could take you from beginning to end, where you start off with helping you with your application, training, helping you pick out a pistol, or a rifle, whatever um, you choose to move with, and taking it all the way down to advance and um, beyond. Some people are actually doing competitive shooting. So uh, let me ask you a question. First of all, uh, good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so, for having me. Initially, on. when we mentioned uh, you in the intro with NRI, you said, "Don't kill me." What What do you think people uh, the, their perception of NRA is and, and what, what are people missing here? Because obviously there, there seems to be a relationship. There's a disconnect that people have an issue with it. What, what's the biggest concern you have with people's perception of the NRA? So the NRA was supposed to be, in, in a lot of people's mind, the NRA is this racist group of old white men who are just trying to kill us. And that's not the case. I think what's happened is the NRA was established for us initially and it seems like it's got whitewashed. And then there are some racist people. But from what I can tell, from what I've seen, and this is crazy, and I'm going to be honest with you, I have not dealt with racism in this firearm community. It's it's the weirdest thing because I've dealt with it every other platform in my life. So that's why I know people's perceptions of the NRA because of there was a Morford Act where you know they spoke against gun rights, which was strange for them. But once again, this was 1950, 1960 with the Black Panthers, and they actually sided and helped pass a law that said, you know, you are not able to assembly with firearms together. So that was that in this time. But a lot of the laws that pass that benefit us in the two-way community is pushed by the NRA and a lot of other groups. So I know once you hear the NRA, a lot of people get triggered like, oh, my God. And that's not really the case from what I've seen. I'll keep it a buck. So mm -hmm. that's my take on that. So, Max, let me ask you a question. In a recent spike in crime in New York City, has it changed your views on gun ownership? And is there, and, and is there a growing trend of gun ownership amongst black people? Oh, absolutely. The rise is crazy as far as the amount of black gun owners that I've seen in recent times. Like, me and my friends, were, we used to be the only black men in there. It'd be the security guards and it'd be some police and then very few AKA civilians would be there. Black that is from the time of George Floyd till now, it's a whole different environment. We are no longer the minorities at the gun range. 
which feels good to me because at least we're training. Now, as far as the spike, I don't connect the two together because you have responsible gun owners and you have criminals. So it's like the the spike on criminals actually using, you know, like I said, they're criminals. So what they're going to do is commit crime. They're going to use guns. And a lot of this has to do with a lot of gang related stuff. This is why Chicago has the crime rate that it has on murders, because it's a lot of it is just that gang related stuff or personal beefs. Hmm. Max, mm -hmm. um, do you you said you don't make the connection Um do you make a connection inversely politically? Like, you know, we all, it seems like we're always, there's always uh put away the guns, you know, by politicians, you know what I'm saying? Disarm, disarm, disarm. All right. And yet our crime rates continue to do what they do. Um, do you think that uh, gun ownership or increased gun ownership within our community would have an effect um, with regard to, crime rates do you think it would be um higher lower um do you think there will be any effect at all what do you think i think there will be an effect and i'm gonna tell you this experience i had in the 90s so here yeah, i'm in the 90s i'm out in miami florida with my cousin he's original from jersey and we're down there we're having a good time in the mall aventura mall and um me and this guy we you know looked funny at each other and he started to talk some Smack, I just talk smack to him and I was ready to turn up because, you know, I'm 20 years old, testosterone flowing. And he, he's pulling me to the side like, yo, chill, chill. And I'm like, why? Like, this, I got him. He's like, nah, you don't get it. These dudes got guns legally. They will shoot you if you press it. And I was just like, I was like, wait a minute. I know my cousin ain't a punk. So if he's telling me this, then there's a different mentality here. And what, what I've come to understand is an armed society is a polite society. What do I think will happen? I think once criminals understand that they have more than the police force to deal with, it will definitely turn down. It's going to take some time because New York is new for this. But they understand, especially during this whole situation with the George Floyds and the riots, and they're seeing the response time. Criminals are not dumb. They understand response time. And they understand that when you make that phone call, after they did what they did to you, they could be long gone. But when they know that there's a possibility that they could be engaged, it's a problem. If you listen to a lot of the school shooters and when they talk about why they pick the place they pick, they pick places where there were no armed people. You don't hear people getting, they running up in, in ranges or gun stores. Like the last situation that happened, I forgot what state that was with the, um, uh, LGBT, I'm sorry, whatever that person was or whatever they identified, they went in there and they looked. They had other schools that they couldn't get into. They didn't go to any place. They went to a place where they knew that they could actually do the most damage. So that's my philosophy with that one. Max, so, I want to ask this question. Um, so I have uh, a friend of mine. We always have this debate about guns. And so New York, I guess, has moved forward that you'll be able to carry legally in New York. So there was an incident on the uh, subway where this guy, uh, he dressed as a uh, construction worker. And then he comes, he started, I think he targeted the Asian community or it was maybe an Asian um, uh, on the subway stop. Right, right. Yeah. And so this guy was saying, that's why we need more guns. But I was saying, if everybody on that train was armed and everybody pulled, 
then what happens if they don't know who the shooter is? That's that was the thing I was concerned about when we get in situations because we when when Rodney was on the show, he said there's a lot of police officers that can't shoot. They only are required to go to the range like twice a year. So oh, it was God. like once, once you that. get a bunch of people, <laughs> once you get a bunch of people that are armed and together, does it require some type of discipline? For people to, because I would assume if I had a gun, then I'm if I hear bullets flying, I'm thinking everybody's suspect, and I just start letting up. I don't know how it works. Like, what do you think? How do you you know deal with situations like that where it's just chaotic? Right. So I'm glad you touched on that because this is what you know. I'm saying I stress a lot to people. If you decide to get a firearm, you have to get trained, and you have to understand your training is not one or two days at the range just shooting off a couple of shots. That doesn't resonate with situation awareness, <clears throat> understanding a lot of things that you have to like evaluate the situation. You know, just because there's shots going off, who's it? Where is it? Am I able to make that shot? Who's behind that person? If I miss, you know, there's a whole lot of and it's and the thing about it is without training, you have to make these split second decisions and you'll find yourself in a lot of trouble. It's not always a shoot situation. If you can bring out, if you can draw a weapon and, and and just hold somebody down for a minute, that might be a deterrent. You may not have to use your weapon. And it's just like, that's the last factor. I, don't, I think that what I want to express to a lot of people is understand this. Because you have a gun and you go get a license, the last thing you want to do is actually use it. Because once you do, you're going to jail. <laughs> you better have a lot of money because you're going to be paying out the wazoo. You know what I'm saying? Court cases and everything. You're treated as a criminal. So making that assessment, you have to be trained. And it takes time. It's a certain level of commitment that you should have once you say, I'm apply for my license. I'm going to go forward with this. Now I'm committed to take these steps forward. If I was on the train and I had to evaluate the situation, I might not have drawn my weapon at all. Gun owners are very cautious in how they move. You have to be. Mm-hmm. Tim Tim G says Kelvin, when the shooting happened here this weekend, all these hardcore gun fools drove off just because they have them. Things get different when it's go time. Yeah, the person that, who shot the video got in his big old pickup truck and drove off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's what I'm talking about. Because when you're sitting there, now you got to think like, yeah, I'm here to protect myself. But if I engage somebody, and the law is against me, now where am I? You know, say I had great yeah. intentions. But the way that I engaged them was illegal. You know, you got to look at that. It's like, wait a minute. If I approach him and I shoot him, right, did I see a weapon? Was he a threat to me at that immediate moment? Was there a way to de-escalate the situation? That's why, like I said to you, shout out to Maj Ture and his team out there. They really work on de-escalation. And that's something I want to include in my company is to the conversation of trying to de-escalate the situation before the deadly force is being applied. But once you commit to it, you have to be willing to do it. There's a lot of, like I said to you, I have no issues with police officers at all, but I know that there's been situations where they shied away from situations when they got hot because it's real. You, even with the best training, it's still going to be a split second decision if you're going to engage Max, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you feel? Oh, somebody's gonna say something. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Right. I'll, I'll speak. So, out. So, yeah. So, how how do you feel about 
the different type of guns? Should it be a certain kind of guns everybody have? People allowed to get ARs, or should it be like we know in New York State, there's ten rounds per magazine? Should they be allowed to have the extended magazines? You know, should they make them faster shooting guns? What do you think? Okay, so my belief in this is this, and it's the media plays on the ignorance of the people. Okay, mm. uh, AR-15 is not an assault weapon. I'm gonna repeat again: it is not an assault weapon. It is not a fully automatic weapon. As fast as your finger goes, it's as fast as the bullet goes. The same rate of speed as a handgun. So when we're talking about rifles and handguns, I would absolutely use a rifle. Why? Because I can perform at a high rate in the most stressful situation. It is easier for me to train somebody with a rifle than a handgun. Because a handgun is only two points of contact. You have several points of contact that helps you enable that. So it's a little bit difficult for, you know, you want to shoot a handgun, you want to shoot a rifle. My belief is this. I don't believe that it's a deterrent for somebody to say, okay, I got 10 rounds, so I'm not going to commit a crime. Or if I got a 30-round magazine, now I'm going to commit a crime. And the majority, believe it or not, the majority of crimes, murders, occur with handguns. And then before the rifle... It's hands and feet. So if you had to look, I looked at the um, FBI um, stats and they were saying that. And I'm just like, wow, I never thought hands and feet kill more people than rifles do. But the way that they go about it is because the AR-15 has military style. So what they basically did is this. Guys who like anything to do with the military, they try to mimic it. Just like they'll take. That's why the H2 Hummer is popular. So they went and got this rifle. And it was like, okay, let's put the same parts to make it look like it so we could feel cool about it. But it had nothing to do with the rate of speed, how deadly it is, nothing. You could have your father, your old grandfather's hunting rifle that shoots the same thing or more deadly around than that, but it doesn't have those black evil features on there. And people deemed it to be like, okay, that's respectable. If you had to do it on the caliber of deadly weapons, the AR-15 is not on the top of the list. There's so much more, more powerful rounds that have wood stock that look boring, like, you know, they call fuzz, you know, hunting rifles that would far worse than that. It's just a popularity. And do you, you from my era, so you know how the guys used to buy the Fieras and then they slap <laughs> on some, they slap on some wings on there. They had on uh, some rims and they act like it's a Lamborghini. It ain't a Lamborghini. That's what a Pontiac. Right, it's a Pontiac. The Chrysler 300 is not a fan of it. So, yo, this is right. <laughs> you know yo, what I'm talking about. Yeah, so, the, the the mother thing that killed more people is uh is fucking uh Hennessy summertime basketball games with hip hop music. That might be the number one killer of people. <laughs> yo, don't don't forget just just the food that we eat. Thanks. Think about it. I think a comedian said this. You go to you go to a wake after somebody died, and they feed you the same food that killed him. Yeah, we don't even think about that. Half the food we eat, eat is taking us down. But I'm not like I said to you, a gun nut. I appreciate them. I like them. I like them for different reasons. The same way people like different Jordans. People say, "Why do you have so many guns? You can only shoot one at a time." True. Why do you have so many Jordans? You can only wear one at a time, right? So it's just something you get into. Some people's cigars, some people's just glasses. It's different things. Some people connect, lick, collect liquor and don't even drink. Mm -hmm. So 
I think what it is with our society is that we have to look at it. Is it a mental situation? Yes. A part of it is. The other part is culture. The American culture that's reinforced by the music, the videos, the movies, it's all supporting this type of vibe that the bad guy is not so bad anymore. And that's what I really think is happening. You got a show named Lucifer where he's a freaking hero. You got shows that witches aren't so bad and uh, the Joker's misunderstood. So what is that? You, you, And like I said to you, I think a lot of these school shooters are fascinated with being like an evil genius type of thing. Because where else would they get this notoriety? They're probably not achieving anything else in this world that they can get this clout from. They know, you know, if I take this weapon and I go kill people, well, I'm going to go down in the books. And then guess what the news does? The news media just completely, continuously speaks about them, says their name, and just keeps it going on and on and on and on and on. And then they become famous. But so, so infamous. Do, so do you think it's uh, the, the surge in gun violence is recently happening? Do you think it's more mental health issues or... Or, or what is it? The ownership? What do you think it is? Because there's been a lot of shootings now. And then how, if somebody's on the other side and saying like, we got to do something to curve these things, what is your? What do you think is your solution? What could be the common ground that people can sit in the middle? So it's mental health issues and what, what do you think would be the common ground that your side can say, okay, we can do this and the other side will be at peace with it too? I think we have to demonize these people. And the, mental health, the mental health people? No, I'm explaining that. Some of them are mental health, right? Because you got to be a little bit off, but it's a lot of cloud chasing, D. In my opinion, it's a sense of cloud chasing. You think about it, right? Who would know Dolan, the guy who killed the people in the church, right? You're nobody. You're you're young. You got no opportunity. You can't can't do nothing. You're not going to be famous any other way. I think the media plays a role in it because I'll explain you something. When they talk about their school shootings that happen and other shootings that happen, but if it's not with an AR, you don't hear about it being blasted on news over and over and over again. And then the second thing is there are shootings that are stopped by other people with guns. You don't hear about it. And I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. This happened. That happened. This this person who had a firearm legitimately protected all these people. You don't hear his name. He's not a hero. He's not getting a plaque or nothing. But then you keep seeing, oh, they want to look into his manifesto. They want to look into all these things. They're actually perpetuating this, the next school shooter. And if I don't think, I I, I don't know if you guys realize um, the situation that happened in Buffalo, I actually printed out his manifesto and read it because I wanted to get into his psyche. And when I started to really look at it, he listed exactly what's going to happen. He said, "I, I picked Buffalo because I know in New York State, they don't have guns. And if they do, it's only 10 rounds and police are going to have them. Right. One. Mm-hmm. Right. He went about it and said to say, after I kill these people, they're going to come out. They're going to pass legislations and more gun laws. And they're going to make the next school shooter or the next mass shooter reoccur again. It's almost like back in the days when Charles Manson, guy who's psychopath, he had fans. All of these criminals have fans and fan club and people who write to them. So if we don't deal with that aspect of it, the mental aspect, it's never going to stop because the reality is this. In in England, not England, but United Kingdom, they got rid of firearms. Guess what happened? They went to knives. 
The knife attacks are worse in the United Kingdom than we have gun problems here, believe it or not. And guess what these guys do? I'm not going to say how they do it because I don't want to put it out on the Internet. They apply certain things onto the knives that cause you not to your blood not to clot. So you bleed out from a simple cut. I must say it. Huh? I say I say what it is. They put okay. garlic on it. They put they, they put garlic on the knife. Yeah. If you put if you put garlic on the, on, your, on the blade of a knife, you can't your blood won't clot if you if you cut somebody. You so you out. can you imagine you bleeding out to a simple cut? And if you look at the statistics of how much they're um how successful they were to kill a lot of people, you like astonishing. I think it was it was China or Japan, one of these countries, where this guy successfully killed like thirty something people with a knife. Well, well, first of all, thank you, D, for so the people that want to do it now don't have to go look for it. <laughs> look, look, look. I thank knew you were going to say that's what I did. Yes, thank, thank you, D. I, pre- I appreciate that. You know what's about to have the struggle. What? Um, is but, it the truth? How did you score for that? No, you have to. It's almost 11. You got to get these. It's tradition. But listen, <laughs> Max, let me ask this question. One of my wow. big issues is this. And you you said this the first time we interviewed. You said that the bad people are always going to get the guns. Should the manufacturers take more responsibility in how these guns that are made legally get to illegal hands the way they do? Like, I'm sure every gun you own, Max, you account for. Yeah, I'm sure there's not one gun that you bought that is somewhere on the street. Should there be a greater responsibility? Because it's easier to get a gun than it is a cell phone. I mean, there's something wrong with that in the streets. Nah, so to the manufacturer. <laughs> no, I'm talking about illegal guns. Illegal. I mean, every every kid, everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody got an illegal gun. So so uh, who should share the responsibility of how? Because I, I get you have a right to carry. You are trained. You are a legal owner. But the kid that's 13 years old, how does he get one? Okay, so this is my this is what I was thinking. It's got to get down to the grassroots of the problem. You got to find the people who are the straw buyers. The attention has been taken off of it. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like Giuliani for nothing. But when crime, when he came down on TNT, he cleaned up. You got to focus on the illegal guns coming into the into the into New York State. How is it happening? You know who's tracking this? If somebody's having so when you go buy a gun, there's a Knicks. Um, a background check that's made on you. And that's everywhere in the United States. So don't get it twisted. People hear, oh, you could buy it easier here. No, every place, just like you have to apply for a driver's license, you have to get a background check. So if somebody's having 40, 50 background checks, hold up, let's take a deeper look into him. And I know a lot of people in the two-way community may not agree with me because sometimes you buy a lot of guns, but let somebody look into you and be like, yo, you bought 40 guns. You got it. Can I, we want to take a look at them. Maybe that will stop. You know what I'm saying to you? Because the criminals will never stop being criminals. My concern is this. I'm not concerned about myself turning into a school shooter. It will never happen on mass shooter or, or killing any. But don't inhibit me from protecting my family. I don't outsource my safety. We could barely get the, the city to come clean up the streets when it snows. And I'm going to depend on a I got nothing, no issues with police at all. But I know the reality and their response time. And that doesn't work for me. Not living in America. I tell you, just like everybody tell you, I'm an American. Hey, <laughs> Max. Go, 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 oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to get you in there. I just want to make sure we get to Sean's comment. Then go yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Go I was going to mention that. I, uh, okay. Sean, Sean asked, uh, what are the positive effects? Uh, what, what are the positive, positive effects of gun ownership? Bria, 
uh, Taylor boyfriend had a legal gun ownership and look how they were slandered. I do feel like other states like Texas, you need it. Well, the positive is this, like let's say for instance, right? I've helped numerous and it seems like more women are coming through to get their license. And I remember I helped this sister get her rifle and I trained her and everything right during the whole riots and everything. And I got a phone call. She said, Max, thank you. I'm like, for what? This is months later. She's like, I know I can sleep better knowing that I can at least send around in the direction if somebody comes into this home. And then I said, my job is done because that's what it's about. It's about empowering people to be able to protect themselves. That's why I want to be able to, my company deals with you from the very beginning and helps you throughout the process. We don't let you go. So that way you don't, oh, I don't know what, no, I got you. These are the parameters that you have to stick within. You got to understand these things. Um, I'm sorry. What's the second part of the question again? I think the brother was asking me. Yeah, it feels like other states. It feels like in other states like Texas, you need it. You know, um, he was yeah. He was mentioning like you know Breonna Taylor's. You know, the boyfriend had the uh, had legal gun. Look how they were slanted. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. We know we live in a world where there are these biases and racist behaviors. There's no way that you're going to combat it. Just like saying, I don't want to buy a nice car because I'm going to get pulled over all the time. It's going to happen. There's certain things as black and brown men that we know that we're going to deal with constantly. So it's, But when I weigh out the two, I'm like this, mm, okay, do I want to call the police and wait for them to arrive? If I can get to my phone in time? Or get to my gun and defend my home and know that, you know what, I got, I can, I can go to face trial or whatever the case is, but I'm alive. Yeah. Right. Damien's got a question. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, Derek, you had it? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I just wanted to ask, um, you know, Max, I'm interested uh, in uh, gun ownership. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but I want to feel safe, as you say. I want to be like the woman that you know you mentioned. I want to feel safe. I want to know more about it. I'm coming to you. I discovered you. You're uh, Alpha by Attitude Firearm Academy. What's the first thing, or what's the process like? What would you? What would you? Well, how would you? How would you greet me? How would you handle me? I have these questions. I don't really know what I want. Don't really know enough. But how would you handle me? Well, I usually handle it with a simple conversation, just kicking it. So what are your concerns? What are you feeling and what do you know? And it, do you have any level of experience? So let's say the person's like, look, I'm not experienced, but I live in a house. I want to get a firearm, something to start off with or whatever the case is. So what I tend to do is this. I put them on a Zoom meeting where I have a PowerPoint presentation where I go through all of the safety aspects of it. You know, how to hold a gun. Where not to point it, keep your finger off the trigger. These fundamental rules before I even take them out to the range. Once I take them out to the range now, I go out to New Jersey. Because why? You can shoot a handgun without a license if that's what they want. Once we're there now with a 22, which is basically like the pop is like a BB gun. So I, I stand basically over them, talk to them again about the safety briefing, and then we start the process at all times. I put one round in the, in the magazine and see how that works. And then I continue and then I keep going. Because like I said to you, a lot of people want to hit bullseye. I'm like, it's not just a bullseye, 
Right now, we just want to understand how that goes. And then we we keep going forward. Now, if the person came to me and said, Max, I need help. I don't even know where to start. I'm like, let's start off with the licensing process. And then I, like I said, I send them the application. They go through it. And I ask them a series of questions, which, you know, we got to ask because you know how we are. I'm like, is your license where you live? Or do you have a Florida license and you live in New York? Because that's fraud. So we don't want to go into anything like that. So I asked the obvious questions. Have you ever been arrested? Do you have a domestic issue? Have you ever been, you know, um, institutionalized for any um, mental issues? And they go through it. And then I'm like, okay, listen, if this is your situation, some people do have situations. I get them disposition and I start working the process with them. But in the interim of them applying for the license, I encourage them to keep training because it takes considerably some time to be proficient at this. This is something that, you know, a lot of people are very scared with this. So I want to like we do handgun tailoring. Basically, we hold your hand throughout the whole process. So it's just not me. I have a, I have a team of seven. All these guys are NRA, NRA certified instructors. I have one female on my team. She's the newest member. And I'm very proud. We have a really good, solid team. It's it's no different than you guys. You see how you guys chop it up and everybody loves the energy? That's what I people walk away from me. Max, you guys' energy was so good. I, I came in here scared, but I didn't feel it. There was no egos. Made the person feel comfortable. You encouraged them. And you really stressed the safety. I remember I told somebody who um, last week I was training she was frustrated because she wasn't hitting the bullseye. But in the target, it was a silhouette, and then the outside was yellow. So I said to her, you can't look at it like that. The yellow are the innocent bystanders. You hit all within the silhouette. That's what you have to um, look at and anticipate. So I think that's basically what it is. And if somebody wants to continue, we continue. And we can take them as far as um, if they want to competitively shoot. I'm actually a part of Team Battle, which is the first competitive team out in Lipsa, Long Island. And that's a different thing. That's running and gunning. That's the sportsman side of it. Where people, like I said to you, get into one aspect. You can go from, like I said to you, from every once in a while going to the range to competitively shooting. That's so much fun. It's a different world. I didn't know anything about it. I'm just proud that I allow myself to, you know, get into it without the apprehensions of, this is what black people do. No, this is what we do too. Real quick, I'm gonna um <laughs> yeah, thank you, Sean. Sean my man. <laughs> I know how much does the training Max, how much does the training uh quickly? I'm sorry, how much does the training cost? God damn, Kelvin. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the next time you got a few minutes. All, all right, right all right, my fault. Right, Max let, let, let people contact you. It's cool. Okay, yeah. it's help, help me up. I'm I'm reasonably priced. But at the end of the day, like I said to you, it all depends. If you want, if you want to learn, you want to start off with handguns. We got to go into New Jersey because it's not legal to shoot anybody else's gun in New York. If you want to start off with rifles, which I don't have a problem with, because to me, I'll be honest with you, if I had to pick one firearm, it would be a rifle over a handgun. Why? Because in the worst situation, whether I'm tired. I came from a party. I'm saucy. I could still perform to a high level. So it varies. And uh, it, it's customary to the person themselves. Because I have people who come to me, they they want to buy a gun. And they got the license already. So now what they say, like, Max, where do I start? And everybody tells them, 
get a Glock. No, don't just get a Glock. We're not doing that. It's 2023. There's so many other guns that are available that are comparable. So now I have to explain to them, look, we're going to have to go to the range. We're going to go through a series of guns. And I, I have some guns, a few. So, oh, boy. <laughs> Thank you, Max, man. I appreciate it. I know we got to wrap. Thank you, man. Yeah, we got, we got, yeah, Max. So, what can people find you on Instagram, Matt? And, and how, and they can inbox my man, Max, and he'll get back to you. And I listen, I know the brother for a while. He trained me on how to get my firearm. And he's, uh, I got, I got to speak nothing but highly about this brother right here and, and treating me and training me in different weapons. So, Max, how can they find you on Instagram? You can catch me on Instagram at alphabiattitude.com and just link on the bio. In a few weeks, we'll have the website up and running. But we're actively training private and groups. And like I said, we take you from, from the rudum to the tutum. <laughs> All right, my brother, man. Love you, brother. And I'll see you soon, Thank man. you. I appreciate it. Hey, D, I got to say one what thing. Up? All what you up? guys are welcome. I would love to um, step to the range with you guys and come back on the show again and see what you're doing. Yeah, we got to film that. We got to film that. We're going to film that when we out there. Thank you. Yeah, that. You gotta come out to De Jersey, Derek. We gotta get you out of Long Island, brother. No, ain't no problem. <laughs> yeah, let me know when. All right, man. Derek can't sleep. Derek's up early in the morning anyway. He don't sleep, so we can do that early in the morning thing. You got early. it. All right, all right. Thanks Max, for having peace, me on, brother. guys.